As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. I also searched online because that's what we all do, you know, and I, I found a forum, the Straight Spouse Network, which had a lot of great information to just like, okay, there are other people out there who are going through this. I think that's so important. Whatever the issue is you're struggling with, it's to know you're not alone. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. It's nice that we're here today because I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Sherry. And Sherry and I were connected through the work that we do. She's also a certified divorce coach. But at the same time, she's also a licensed independent clinical social worker. She's out in Seattle, but the information she shares is so relevant to everyone anywhere. If you check out her website, which we'll share later on, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. The reason why I have her on today, though, is because in in getting to learn more about her practice, uh, I realized she knew a lot more about divorce within the LGBT community than I did. And I get asked so many questions, whether it's, I left my marriage and realized I'm gay or I'm gay and I'm leaving my marriage or my marriage ended because my ex-spouse is gay. And Sherry, we're going to unpack all of this together. Sherry Davis, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm glad you're here and I'm so glad we've connected. Why don't you um, share a little bit about yourself and your background and, and how you got into all this? Sure. Yeah. So I um, have been a licensed clinical social worker for 20 years, have a lot of experience working with teenagers and young adults and graduate students and families. And I also, um, I'm a child of divorce. Actually, I went through divorce. I kind of have been on all sides of divorce. My parents divorced when I was six. My mom remarried when I was nine, got divorced again when I was 15. And so I've been part of a step family, kind of gone through it all. And so divorce has really always been a part of my life story. And I think that's partly why I was drawn into helping people. Um, I always was, I always felt like I had, um, that was a strength of mine. And so I, um, you know, was going along, you know, married at 26 and had been, um, was married for 16 years when I, and we had two beautiful daughters who were nine and 11. And I had been crying every day for like six months and I didn't know what was going on. And I was just really struggling with it. And I had my, a card for a counselor that a friend had given me and in my purse, and I just hadn't called yet. And everyone around me kind of knew what's going on with Jerry. Something's off. Right. And I, um, anyway, so I 
I didn't want to look at my marriage again as a child of divorce. I never wanted to be divorced. Um, same girl, same. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, but then there's situations that happen in your life that you're like, okay, this is something that isn't going to work anymore. And so about 10 years ago, I couldn't fall asleep. And I went onto my husband's iPad, which I actually, I didn't have my own iPad. We were not secretive. Like I, we knew passwords had not just went on. Cause I didn't, I, we weren't at home and I couldn't fall asleep. And I wanted to um, read the New York times or something. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out his password. I went in, I figured it out. And instantly I, uh, gay chat room popped up and he was literally lying next to me asleep at the time. Ooh, like I wasn't, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't snooping. I was really had no idea. And so my, you know, instantly I just went into shock Kind of thought maybe my brain was playing tricks on me. Um, I, I really didn't know what to do. I just, tears just started rolling down my face because it was like this puzzle piece went into place. It was just like, oh my God, that's it. And so in the moment, there was this sense of relief, a little bit of like, oh, it's not me. I'm not crazy. That there is something happening here that I was feeling, you know, subconsciously in my body for a long time. Well, it's always great to know that it wasn't you, right? Like that validation of your gut being so spot on. Right, right. But then, you know, so that initial feeling of relief like, okay, was replaced by just so much fear and so much anger and grief and loss and just a lot of emotion all in one. And so I did, con- the next day I confronted him and just said, so I found this information and he, um, he kind of went into shock himself. And, you know, I ended up having to kind of be the calm one and kind of, you know, handle again, some of my background is a social worker came, right. I guess, kind of just drew on that. And I, um, he first, he said, I think I'm bisexual, which is really common from what I know um, for, pe- for um, people to think I'm bisexual. I've been married to a woman. I was attracted to a woman. I'm bisexual. But then it became clear as we talked and he didn't admit to anything. And I, I think part of me didn't knew to, I was treading carefully and didn't want to ask too many questions initially. And so um, I think he was so afraid because he knew he didn't want to lose the family. You know, he didn't want to, and I think he was so afraid and was starting to kind of live. He traveled a lot. Um, I think he, you know, he was starting to um, live this other life when he would travel Mm -hmm. and he knew it would end. You know, he said he talked to people and they said, you know, you've got to tell your wife. Like people he would meet, you know, at a gay bar and they're like, you have to tell your wife what's Mm -hmm. going on. But he didn't know how to do that. And he knows now that he could have done it in a different way. But I think for most many people in this situation, people discover that the spouse discovers it. And so I had never at the time really hadn't met anyone quite in my situation. And I, um, I just didn't know who to tell because part of with this situation, it was part of it's you know, we're progressive, open-minded family. Um, I'm a social worker. I'm very non-judgmental in how I work and have worked with people around identity and you know, all kinds of identity and being supportive of them. But here I am in a situation where people are like, you know, this is so great. You're, oh, he, he can be live an authentic life now. 
But for me, it was just my life turned upside down. And while I learned to develop compassion for him and what he must have been going through and what other spouses in this situation must be going through, there's also this sense of, you know, just loss and shock and anger about being in a situation that I now have to, you know, I experienced some of that coming out process myself. So it's interesting that you talk about that, you know, because you're not just dealing with the loss of a spouse. You're also dealing with the fact that there was a secret and like an affair or, you know, Mm -hmm. hiding a boatload of money overseas or whatever, there's a secret that you also have to come to terms with. And for so many of my um, followers that reach out and say, you know, do you have any content for women who have lost their marriage because their spouse ends up being gay? Uh, and and I and I'm always at a loss for words because I've never experienced that, and I can't give mm-hmm. advice or speak to something I haven't dealt with. But I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, how did you take the steps to wrap your head around that? Right. Um, well, first, I I chose a couple of friends to reach out to because I, he was really concerned about who I told initially. And so I was really cautious around who I told. And so, um, I picked a couple of friends who I opened up with about and, you know, and I called a counselor. I mean, that's so important, you know, for people in this situation, um, and a counselor who can really understand and be non-judgmental and validating and also not everyone who is in this situation decides to get divorced right away a lot of couples do whether it's someone comes out as lesbian gay bisexual or transgender so often there is like trying to like figure it out or do we try to stay together some people divorce want to start the divorce process right away some wait a while and then divorce eventually and others you know navigate you know, whether it's an open marriage or whatever it is. And I remember my, um, my husband said to me, oh, I didn't think you'd want an open marriage. And I was, and for me, I didn't, but it, some people do, but I, I did not. And I didn't know, I, I kind of joked later, like, I didn't know I was in an open marriage. I didn't know I could be having one, right. um, you know, <laughs> Had but, I known. Um, if I know, no, but you know, and my kids, I mean, my first, so, you know, my first, priority, you know, getting some professional help for myself, but also meeting, finding counselors for my kids. And I was was trying to be my next question. Yeah. I was, I, you know, my husband and I met a couple of times with, um, a child therapist and then the girls went, you know, to a, to a therapist too. I mean, basically what, once he came out, I mean, I never, we never slept in the same bed again. And once I discovered, you know, what was going on and I, I did go to a doctor. I think that's really important. Um, anytime, I mean, anytime there's, whether it's someone may have been, you know, there may unfaithful. have been, sex, you know, unfaithful, whether it's straight or gay or um, lesbian there, that it's important to be, go to a doctor for physical, to check your physical health for STIs, just for, for your physical health and stress. I mean, my, mm-hmm. the stress level of a divorce in general <laughs> can really take a toll on oh, don't your I body. <laughs> I mean, I, a year and a half later, I ended up, I, I had to have a surgery and I do believe that, I mean, the stress that I was carrying for a long time really, um, affected my physical health oh, to a I'm point that I was, that. yeah. And so, and everything's okay, but it was like, 
this, I mean, stress is real and um, the impact on you. So after I found out and I tried to, you know, get some professional help, talk to a few friends, I also searched online because that's what we all do, you know, and I, I found um, a forum, the Straight Spouse Network, which had a lot of great information to just like, okay, there are other people out there who are going through this. I think that's so important, whatever the issue is you're struggling with, it's to know you're not alone, you know, and I, and that's, that's just really important. And so it is that finding some kind of community is key. And for my daughters, we, so we did decide, I mean, that was the hardest day of my life was telling them sitting, you know, again, having gone through divorce myself was like sitting them down and we did sit them down together and I had the script and I kind of led the way and told them that their dad was, we were going to separate and their dad was moving out. And they actually laughed. They didn't believe us because we hadn't been fighting a lot. There hadn't been a lot of drama, you uh-huh. know, before. And we, we had our issues for sure, because there in every marriage, um, there are some issues, but they had, they had just no idea. And so when they realized we were not joking, they kind of, they turned toward each other. And my older one was a very precocious 11 year old at the time. And she said, can we go to the, we're going to go, we're going to go in the room together and just be together. And I said, of course you can go do that. And so, you know, what's been amazing is that's actually continued today. And they actually both go to college in the same, at the same college. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And they're really close and they're very different, but they, they, they get along really well and are a good support. They're normal sisters and they, argue sometimes, but, but they are very close. Um, but I, so for for you, was there more of a fear of the bomb being dropped about the divorce or their father's sexuality? The divorce for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that piece, it's not kids just want their parents to be together and happy. They don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, about the issue. I mean, my, my older daughter said to me, because we didn't tell them initially for a few weeks, I just was like, they don't need to know the reason, right? The second. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if he had had an affair, would I have, with a woman, would I have told them that? I don't think right, so. No, so I just, right. That's a good you know, point. It was like, I was like, okay. And so, but my older daughter one day came home from school and threw herself on the couch and just was screaming and he at me was like, I don't care if you're miserable. I just want you to stay together. And I said to him, and he had just moved out and I said, okay, it's time to tell them. And so, and, and so he did, and they didn't know at the time kind of how I learned about it, but he told them, and I think it was, I just remember picking them up in the car that on the way home after their dinner. And they said, they said, they asked, they realized, oh, they're not getting back together. And it was Uh, a lot of, it was pretty heavy. You know, they realized they get, they understood it enough what the, that dad is attracted to men more that mom and dad aren't getting back together. Right. And so, so yeah, so that's, you know, so my focus really was on my kids and helping them. And also for me, you know, that I think what was so important and it it was a, it's a process, you know, it was, there's, it's all a process. It didn't happen overnight, but we, we really, um, I knew I needed to do something different for my family. It was like, I couldn't, but you learn in divorce, right? You can't, you only can control yourself, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and um, you can't control someone Bitter else. Bitter pill to and, swallow, but yes. Yes, it is, right. Um, and, and it was like, okay, I couldn't control this happening. 
in my marriage. Um, but what I can control is how I am moving forward. And so I, um, I really decided like, okay, I can, and again, this was a process of years, you know, of, of how to co-parent. We ended up co-parenting across the country um, from each other. And I had primary custody and he would fly across the country and visit and they would go in the summer for about a month or so. Uh And, um, you know, so I just knew I had to, that was my fear. So when you asked about, was I more worried about like the divorce? I didn't grow up having a present father in my life. And, and so I was, that was what was my, I was more worried about them not having, oh my God, oh my God, how is this happening that I, this pattern's repeating and I tried so hard to make different. (laughs) Sherry, I ask myself that question like every morning. I like, it's amazing, (laughs) isn't it? It is. Yes. So, so yes. So I, um, I just was like, I can't, all divorce to me was all about loss, about disconnection from grandparents. I never saw my father's, my grandfather again after the divorce. I never, I didn't grow up with cousins on that side of the family. I, you know, there was some financial instability. Um, There was, there was a lot of loss moving and I was just like, okay, like, how can I do this differently? And so, you know, and again, it, it worked because my ex-husband, he, he was upset. He was struggling with all of this himself. Um, and his new coming out and, you know, his new identity. And I think he felt this loss of like all these years that he didn't, you know, he was in his forties, you know, like all these years that he had been in a different life, but so did I. Right. And that's, I think a common feeling for people, um, in this situation of this feeling of like, what was real was this, did I, I wasted years of my life or you wasted years of my life being in a marriage. I mean, some people are married 30, 40 years and then they learn of this. And so it's, it it can be really challenging, but I did. So we, you know, so I did, you know, really focus on, um, you know, trying to do my best to co-parent, you know, again, at a distance um, with him. And we've been able to create this kind of new modern family, you know, he has a boyfriend he's had now for a long time and who's wonderful. Like we, it works partly because of who he chose and who he ended up with, um, who adores the girls. He, he adores me. And so, you know, we have created this modern family that, that works for us. I mean, like there were times it took a while again, a process, Yes. but at one point they stayed in the house, they would stay in the house, started staying in my house with me when they would visit the girls. And so I felt like I was in a sitcom in the morning sometimes getting ready for work. And here's my ex-husband and his boyfriend in the kitchen. You know, it's kind of like, okay, like this is, this is just our new normal that we're right. Modern family, literally (laughs) family that we are. So, um, but you know, our, my, our girls think it's wonderful. Like they are so grateful, Mm -hmm. you know, that it, it ended up the way it did. But again, it is not easy. And <laughs> there are, it, again, it's a, it's a, a process. But yeah, that really um, kind of like, I, I worked hard to connect, keep him connected. I mean, I would call him because I mean, having, I mean, I have my teenage daughter survivor mug, you know, I mean, like having like teenage <laughs> daughters 
And like, I was like, you are not like not having to deal with this. So I would call him and just be like, you need to, you need to be involved. You need, you need to be their dad right I, now. Absolutely. I kept, yeah. And, he, and I think, you know, that's a testament yeah. to your strength though, because I know also having been a child of divorce and not having a relationship with my father, that abandonment is something that I never wanted my daughter to feel. And, and I, I'm a 50, 50 co-parent, but there are times where I'm like, you need to step in more in this role because I never want her to feel like, you know, you're not there for her in these types of moments. And I think it's a testament to your strength and also your story and your history for being able to to foster the relationship for them like that. Yeah. And he has a better dad, I think now than he would, would have been if we had stayed married and none of this would have come out. He definitely so often it's yeah, it is. It is interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean, but it's so important, you know, I think for me, like, just like that, the self-care part through it all, um, I really was drawn to um, the work of Kristen Neff and self-compassion and went to training she did and did mindful self-compassion workshops and just that really being kind to ourselves. I I think that's, you know, part of what happens is there's a lot of the self-doubt that creeps in when you're dealing with a spouse who wasn't who they you thought they were. Um, and just that, how to be kind to yourself and like, ask yourself, what would a friend say? Um, and, and how to not judge, you know, yourself. Cause you get people a lot. I had friends who would say, and lots of people would say, well, didn't you know? Right. Like, that was, and it's like, no, I didn't know. And, and even if you did have little hints along the way, you don't really want to believe that. You don't want to turn your life upside down and get divorced. You know, if you think maybe it'll get better or maybe it's not what I think. Um, and so it really, yeah, it can really take take a toll and you have to be able to learn to trust again and yourself Absolutely. and others. And I still struggle. I mean, yeah, my girls sometimes will, because I, I have a hard time making decisions sometimes. <laughs> like they're like, mom, you're taking forever. You need to, <laughs> you know, why can't you decide? And I think that's part of it is this still, there's still impact, an impact on me. So I don't know if you know yet, but I went ahead and did a thing. I wrote myself a little book and it's going to be available to all of you in January of 2022. That's just a few months away. And I am so excited for you to be able to get your hands on it. It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Now, I bet you're wondering what it's all about. That's a great question. It's pretty much like a what to expect when you're getting divorced, a how-to guide for moms, if you will. Here's what the professionals say. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who has been through it and has come out the other side. Through Michelle's guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mother, and shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self. From co-parenting to dating as a single mother, you'll learn how to truly move on and create the life you deserve. Yes, you will. Ladies, check it out now on my website, momsmovingon.com, and you can pre-order it so you can be the first to get your hands on it. So you did what any amazing woman would do. You turned your pain into purpose and now you're, right. you help women who are, right. who are dealing with divorce because of a spouse who mm-hmm. has, um, right. Transitions. Right. So 
what do you think is the biggest struggle that they see? I mean, you've shared your own struggles, but is there like a common theme between these women who are coming to terms with this change in their life that you see so often? Yeah. I mean, I think like really what I was just talking about that, like not that trust building, that trust is a huge thing. Um, just that, who do you trust? How do you trust yourself again in dating? Right. Like how do you navigate that? It took me a very long time, you know, to, to really feel comfortable, you know, dating again. And like, how do I like, how do you navigate that again? And, you know, if someone was, um, I'm like, okay, that I would have, I had a joke about like my, my checklist. Okay. Have you ever been attracted to a man? Have you ever slept with a man? Like those were, I mean, I, I joke about, I mean, I never really asked the guy that, but, um, but I, it was, there was always this. But like, you'd be, you'd be fine. I mean, you'd have reason to, right? Right. So, but no, I, um, but I think that it's so important to like, learn how to trust your gut again. And yeah. it might be in like help, I help people kind of, even with just small decisions, like to start to build that confidence in themselves again, you know, that whether it's like, okay, you, you can take a sip of water every hour. You can decide to go on a walk with a friend, like just mm -hmm. even the little things. And cause some, the, some of the decisions, everything's coming at you so fast. I mean, especially in my situation, there was a lot coming at me really fast and a lot of decisions that were being made so quickly. And so I try to help um, women really learn to like slow down, um, to pause. I mean, unless there's like serious safety issues or domestic violence or things like that, like, you know, to like be able to like slow down, to pause and to really get grounded, mm -hmm. um, you know, to get centered in you know, the present moment, because, you know, our minds just like all the regrets about the past and all the, you know, the worries about the, the future, and the, the shame and the feeling yes. some, somewhat responsible. Was it me? Was I not yes. good enough? The, all those feelings. Yes. There's a, the shame is a huge, yes, a huge part of it. And I think for me, again, that I carried a lot, I had shame from my, as a child that I carried along. And I, and I think with my, with my ex-husband, there's a lot of, um, just really like trying to not blame yourself yeah. to kind of accept the emotions that come, yeah. um, the grief. What I, what was interesting and I've learned later is like my grief, I mean, was, went on a long time and it's, that's really common for people in this situation because there's like this sense of like a disenfranchised grief. Um, the sense of like, you're not fully allowed to grieve in a way that's accepted um, by others. Um, like a lot of people with divorce or miscarriage or, you know, other losses like that, that it's not a death of someone that there, it can be harder when people are questioning you, when people are, um, you're doubting yourself. I think a lot of people don't want to, they want you to just be okay, know, be okay. And right. I, you know, we all want to be okay too. But I think for me, it was really important to kind of except like, it's okay. I'm still grieving. Sometimes I'm yes. functioning. I'm doing great overall, you know, but there's moments that still, um, I still realize I'm, there's a, a long grief process that happens and that that's normal for people in this situation. And that's, that, that was really validating for me to like learn that. Well, and, and I've, I've read so much about the stages of 
of loss and, and grief. And I know that anger is very often a part of that too. Did you find that grief led to anger or did the anger lead to the grief or which came first? Yeah, I think the grief came first. I mean, for me, um, but then the anger, yes, there was a lot of, a lot of anger. And I think anger around like him, not putting, I felt like he put, didn't put our family first that he was thinking mm -hmm. about himself. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of decisions we had to make and impacts on us that happened because he was trying to, you know, figure out, you know, himself. And, and so the, there was some anger. He had some anger too. There's definitely anger. I think with the grief process, I was going to say is like the other stage that, you know, um, is important to talk about that is like this finding meaning Mm -hmm. That's, that's really, and that's, we talked about like the pain, your pain is your purpose and that the finding meaning is so important. I think for me and my work, you know, that's been so important to like, realize like I, you know, it sucks that I, you know, these different things happened, but just like that helping show, give people hope that there is, I can help people um, know there's hope and that it's possible for people to come out the other side and be whole and healthy and that their kids can also um, thrive. Absolutely. And that's such a great message to send. You know, we talk about in my world here, divorce day in and day out. And we're talking about hetero, you know, man, husband, man, woman getting divorced. Man might've had an affair with another woman. And it's still very much those same stages, you know, and, and a lot of times though, what I see, and I don't know if you see this with your clients, the angrier a, a person might be about what their ex did. And it's usually when their ex was hiding something, the more contentious the divorce process becomes. Do you see that in your line of work with this? Yeah, this yes, type of yes, thing? yeah, definitely, definitely. And right. And that's where like, you know, a coach, a therapist, you know, mm -hmm. mediators, lawyers, there's people, financial advisors, right? There's all these people out there who have training and expertise to really, and as a coach in particular, to be able to help people, you know, again, that learns tools to calm, be calm, learning mm -hmm. tools, you know, to breathe. One of I, my password on my computer at the time, I changed, it was just breathe. Like, and oh, so every I time that. I had to, you know, log in, I would remind myself to, to, I needed to take, I need to inhale, I need to exhale. And, you know, I think that's um, to help with the contentious, because the stress is when, you know, I have clients in, in high conflict divorces and they're, and they're super contentious, like their bodies start to break down. I mean, there's mm -hmm. just so much stress. Mm -hmm. And so finding some way to like, make sure you're setting boundaries and taking care of yourself, but also, you know, keeping your kids in mind while you're navigating it and getting the right support around you. You Absolutely. need a team around you to, you do. to yeah, come out. Um, you know, in a, better, in a, a village. Place. Yes. yes. Well, it, it seems, you know, just from knowing you for this brief time that, <laughs> and by the work that you do, that you have come out a more evolved, emotionally empowered human. And so I think, you know, all things for a reason sometimes, maybe, maybe not, who knows, but women mm -hmm. are so good at evolving past what they've been through and, and looking ahead and doing great things as you have. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story mm -hmm. with us, Sherry. Wow. It's, yeah, it's really yeah, something. It's... I'm, I'm honored that you shared that with us. And I know that our listeners who are just starting this process mm -hmm. um, of discovering their spouse is gay or 
has known for quite some time and now their marriage is unraveling. I know that they will take such great uh, tidbits mm-hmm. from this and feel more empowered on their journey. Yeah, thank you. Yes, yes. I'm so happy that I was able to be here today for, for this. Yes, and for anybody listening who wants to um, maybe get in touch with you, ask more mm-hmm. questions, how can they find you? Yeah, they can email me at Sherry. It's S-H-E-R-I at SherryDavisCoaching.com. And, um, you know, I, I will be, um, shoot an email to me and I will respond and I'm happy to answer questions and share about the services I offer. So, and I will of course link everything. Um, Mm -hmm. thank you again, Sherry, for our Mm -hmm. listeners. Thank you for being here. You know how much you mean to me. I'm grateful to be on this journey with you and I'll see you next time. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists, and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com, and click on Become a Member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.